Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast. Today, we got a very special guest, someone that has, we don't have enough time to, you know, talk about all her accolades. She is amazing in so many ways, a former professional basketball player, a coach, serial entrepreneur, runs multiple businesses, has countless degrees. Uh, the list can go on and on, but you know, I, I, I want to do it justice without, you know, properly introducing Arisa Wilson, AKA Coach Reese, but we're going to get all into the nitty and gritty of what she's up to, how she helps, you know, professional and student athletes and just her mindset, because I'm for one, am excited for you guys to learn but also for her to share her story. But without further ado, Coach Reese, how are you doing today? Yo, I'm excited to be here. Um, Ever since we planned this, I was like, I'm looking forward to it. The first time we connected, um, the energy was there. I mean, even at the beginning of this call, we're speaking the same language. So I am doing, um, I'm well. Everything is going on. Uh, A lot of things are going good and some things are not necessarily going bad, but they're just a part of the adversity that it takes to be who we're trying to be. So. Um, I literally, if I'm going to complain, it's because I'm looking for a solution. I believe complaining is necessary to progress, um, but as long as it's solution-based. So, uh, th- but this is not a complaining session. So I'm, I'm excited to talk with you today. No, I love that. And you said everything is on. So can you talk about, you know, all the wonderful things that you got going on just from an overview perspective? Because I know we're going to get into it, but, you know, I feel like, you know, the intro doesn't do justice. Like you, you've accomplished a whole lot and will continue to accomplish much more as you continue to progress. But what's a, a quick overview of some of the things that you're you're involved in? Man, um, I retired recently at 31 from working in higher education full time. So um, I worked through kind of like the K-14 system. I taught elementary school PE, and then I worked in the middle school, high school, serving students who are at risk of not succeeding in life. Um, and then I went to the collegiate level and did pretty much the same thing with TRIO. Um, if you're familiar with TRIO with it, which is in colleges and universities around the um, country. Um, I did that and I was also a college basketball coach for seven years. So right out of high school or right out of college, I got right into um, coaching or I played overseas a little bit and then I got right into coaching. And so right now is my first time being a full time entrepreneur. Um, I've always had this entrepreneur um, taste and bug and mindset. And so I've been working to get where I'm at now. So Mm -hmm. now that I've become a full time entrepreneur at 31, I took the first quarter to just breathe and realize like, okay, now how do I, what's this life even look like? What does this level of freedom even look like? Um, one of the things that allowed me to do that was my real estate business. So I have a couple properties. I have six doors total um, between short-term and long-term rentals. Um, and those afforded me that along with savings, um, afforded me the opportunity to step away from working the traditional eight to five, nine to five within higher education. So um, that is how I was able to retire at 31. And so today, I mean, even right after this, I got to run and change the Airbnb room. Yesterday, I was fixing stuff and doing, um, um, what is that called? Uh, maintenance thing. So just being a landlord in some piece, being a property manager in other pieces, um, a hospitality manager, I'm a super host on Airbnb. So that's a big deal. So I love to keep that rocking. Um, so that's one portion. I'm also a doctoral student. Um, I'm getting my doctorate in organizational leadership. I'm focusing on how um, coaches, community college basketball coaches can um, 
implement or help their athletes develop different forms of capital. Um, so between psychological capital and cultural capital, um, and I am I'm madly passionate um, about that and being an expert when it comes to capital and helping coaches and leaders in general do that. So those are kind of the, the first two things. Then in my leftover time, right, um, I've got my uh, my coaching, uh, confidence coaching firm, which is called Uish. Um, and Uish is really a result of um, an organization I started when I was 19, which is called a TCSA. And it stood for True Christian Student Athletes. And it was a sports specific academic and life skills academy. And so I started developing all this curriculum um, and knack for teaching a hunger for being able to just help people grow. Um, and so UISH is now the fruit of the life skills piece. Um, and UISH stands for centering you to intentionally seek healing so you can internally secure your health. And so I work with um, athletes, coaches, executive leaders, models, teachers, entire school um, systems, um, boards, organizations, just people who want to grow. Um, I focus on mindset habits and execution in your life, money, um, in your leadership. And so I know that sounds like a lot and like I do a lot, but I have a specific lane and I am, um, I like to stick to that. Um, the next thing, which is, um, a new baby, I should say is called task leads. Um, and task leads is an app or a platform, um, that is dedicated to helping college athletes gain economic empowerment, um, through serving in their local community, but making money, um, while doing it. So, all that to say is I probably forgot something and that just is what it is. <laughs> no, you see what I'm saying? You know, it's doing amazing things and we could take this a number of different ways just because of all the wonderful things that you're doing. But I want to start with, you know, the transition. You talked about transitioning from, you know, working in higher ed to now full-time entrepreneur. But before that, you did another transition with um, playing overseas to, you know, coming into coaching. So talk about the two different um moments in time with your transition and like how are you prepared you know as an athlete to uh working and then from working to entrepreneur yeah um i started coaching at 15 and so now at 31 when people are asking me about coaching i'm like i've done this for over 15 years and so i knew early on that i wanted to be a coach and i didn't have much mentorship around what that looked like nor did i have mentorship around what being a college athlete looked like i just knew that god was like here, here are these gifts, go do it. And I had um, a mom who just poured everything into me, every sense of belief that I could do whatever it is that God created me to do. And so it allowed, I had the freedom to be curious. And so I've never not had the opportunity or never had the, the belief that I couldn't do whatever it is I set my mind to. Um, and so when, once I started coaching at 15, I was like, I love this cause I love to teach. Um, and then at 18 and 19, I started training other people, um, because I was still training myself. And so the transition was, I don't want to say easy cause there was new levels to it, but it was oh. something that my mind had always been wrapped around, um, as far as being an athlete and being a coach at the same time. And then when I was playing at the collegiate level, um, I had my youth academy. And so when I was done with practices, I was training youth in the area. Um, I had four AAU teams at the time as well. So once my season was over, I would be out there running around, you know, doing all the um, the local tournaments. So again, my mind frame from a business aspect was I can, you mean I can make money off of coaching and training? And I remember one parent said, you know, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you, but you got to charge more. And I was like, 
okay. And that was kind of like the first hit mm. that people value what I'm doing, the things that I'm investing in really matter, and I can make a living off of this. And so it was around age like 19 or 20 that I said, you know what? Every single job that I have from here on out is going to be a paid internship. And that's the thought process that I took is I need every job to teach me what I need to know to get where I'm at right now in life. Mm. So I just worked the last 11 years to be in this position and having, and again, to some people that doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm like 11 years, that's a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Where I've had this specific mindset. So I've done everything that I felt like I could to position me in this way. Um, so once I went from, you know, playing collegially to overseas, I end up I ended up um, getting my master's at the same time. So I was a professional student athlete and mm -hmm. I'd always been a learner and wanted to take notes. How do I do this? How can I help students? How can I help other athletes be able to do what I'm doing in any capacity that had always been my passion? So I was still developing TCSA, um, the academic, the life skills, how to because I also myself um, and let me know if I'm talking too fast, but um, I almost failed out of college my freshman year. I was this close to failing out. And my coach was like, how, how come? I didn't know how to be a collegiate student athlete. I had mm -hmm. no idea. Nobody taught me how to be a college student athlete. Nobody. Um, and I don't think like, cause my mom wasn't a college student athlete. She had a mm -hmm. master's degree, which is uh, amazing for a black woman, right? To have a master's degree. And she was a social worker, but she wasn't a college student athlete. And we know those are two different lives. Uh, my dad was not really around at this point and he failed out his freshman year. So I had no immediate, anybody in my immediate circle, none of my coaches, high school coaches um, knew how either. Training wasn't that big then. Mentorship wasn't that big. I have a sister who's a mentor, but she wasn't a college athlete either. So literally not one person was like, here's how you go through this process. Um, so I went to class and carried the same bad habits I had in high school. Um, and it showed and, and it sucked. And my coach sat me down and was like, Hey, if you don't get your grades up, you won't be able to play. And mm -hmm. I was like, that's, that's real here. Cause it wasn't <laughs> really, it wasn't real in high school, right? Yeah. Like in high school, I can get away with having no left hand, barely going to school. And, and I, I didn't skip a lot. I was there. I just, nobody really pushed me in the classroom either. And so, um, we had this, we had this ranking sheet where it was like, where do you think um, your teammates, do you think they should start? Where do you think they fit in the alignment of every all 15 players on the team? Um, and who do you think should work harder? So I got both of those results at the same time, my failing grades and the results from my teammates. And the results were like, I was probably number eight out of 15. Um, and almost everybody thought I should work harder. Because if you don't know if you are not working hard, nobody's telling you, you don't know. Right. And it, I didn't have my my intent wasn't bad. I just didn't ha have any idea and have any measurement. Once I saw those, I was like, I'll never be her again. And mm -hmm. it was from literally my, my second semester of college. My life just is the woman I am today. And so mm -hmm. I ended up sitting in the front of the class, going to the writing center, the tutoring center, the math center, stayed after talk, just did everything that I didn't used to do. And then I logged it all. And I droned it all and I created my youth academy. Here are the things you need to do to be a successful student athlete, a successful college athlete. And then I started teaching it because I didn't want any athlete to have to face that again. Um, so, yeah. So go ahead. No, no. I'll say, can you talk about, you know, the importance of using your resources? Obviously, you know, you had that aha moment where it was like, mm -hmm. now it's put in front of my face, but now 
are now you implemented taking advantage of the resources given to you with NIL taking place and you know the the battle of student athletes having to deal with school and social life and you know possibly getting brand deals and actually you know competing at the highest level there's a lot that can pull them up, you know many different ways so talk about it from your angle as you you know went through this moment and now you're you know developing it and teaching it to others man pride is the first thing I would say if you're able to address, and I'll even say right here in this moment, I need help with building this life, simply put. So the same way that I think um, I'm in my freshman year of entrepreneurship is the same way that you know I was as a freshman college student athlete. Um, and it was finding what are the resources, being able to reach out and know that there are people out there who wanna help. Um, you just have to figure out who they are and where they're at. Um, and kind of get some of the stigmas off as well. I know as college students, it can be really, we kind of fit in this box and mm -hmm. not every school has the resources that you need. Um, not every school has the, the people who, especially for black and brown college athletes, you know, they're fighting multiple stigmas, multiple stereotypes. Um, I think multiple levels of pride to get to asking for help. Um, and sometimes we just want people to say, hey, can I help you? And closed mouths don't get fed. Right. So I would say, uh, you know, finding a peer group who also is on the same has the same mindset where you guys could go ask for help yourself. Um, and then if not, just simply go to if you're on a college campus and your um, trio is a great space. Uh, pretty much. I think thousands of colleges across the country have a trio program as free help for first generation and low income students. And a lot of the student athletes, especially black and brown ones, are low income and first generation, go in there and go get, um, you know, assistance. So there are programs like that out there who can help students and provide them all this, all the resources. The other thing is time. So that was the thing for me. Like I get up at 4 a.m., but this is something I've been doing because I realized if I want to be better, I have to get up earlier. I can't use the excuse that there's not enough time in a day. And so for student athletes, you can't get up at nine o'clock. You just not if you want to, you know, be able to get an extra training sessions, eat breakfast, get to class on time, maybe work another job and do all those things. And so having to figure out what matters most in this season and who can I outsource to help me navigate what matters most. This week's episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast is brought to you by The Shift Group. Shift Group is turning athletes into sales professionals. Is your company looking to hire driven, competitive former athletes? Are you a former college or pro athlete in any sport and trying to figure out what's next? Consider a meaningful career in technology sales and let The Shift Group guide your every step of the way. Reach out to www.shiftgroup.io or email them directly at jr at shiftgroup.io. And obviously, you know, you're getting your doctorate in organizational leadership. Congratulations to you on that. I actually studied organizational leadership, not to that level, but I did. Uh, I was my uh, major. Um, talk about it from the lens of how can it help, you know, building a business, but also helping an athlete from understanding an ecosystem of how they are supposed to treat themselves as a business, as a business. Yeah, man, I. Um... It's huge as far as from a business stance, the systems, understanding systems. So I have a, I never thought that I would be getting a doctorate, number one, right? You go back 10 years, I'm about to fell out. I never thought that I would be in this space of education. Um, but once I found that you can learn more about things that like align with who you are, 
I, I just fell in love with it. And so I have an organizational mindset as far as details. And so if there's an athlete who wants to be an entrepreneur, um, being able to figure out what your strengths are when it comes to the organization of your organization, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I have to do? What systems do I have in place? What free resources um, are there for me? Or what do I have to pay for? What systems allow me to, um, I started using this, not, I don't want easy, I want efficient. Is no. this going to be efficient, right? So the more I'm learning about organizational leadership, I see it as two parts. You've got the leader and you've got the organization. And sometimes the leader doesn't necessarily have a vision for the organization nor themselves. And so I think as an athlete, um, being able to figure out what is, what's the vision I have for myself, right? What's the, what's my life mission? And then can you speak it? Is it a part of who you are? And then how is that going to be felt through the culture you create within your organization, within your business? Even if you want to be a content creator and it's just you and maybe, you know, one of the person that helps you out, that's still a, your brand is still your organization, that's right? True. Like how you, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so um, I think that athletes definitely need more holistic support around seeing themselves as the brand, but not but not having their worth attached to that piece, right? Mm -hmm. To where like, I don't believe your worth increases when your net worth does. So regardless of whether I do you wish or task leads ever again, my worth is still um, intact, in, in right? And I, my life mission goes within everything else it is that I do because it starts with me. Um, so the organizational mindset, and some people don't have that thought process. So that's where you bring in somebody like myself to help you Get things, things in order, right? Help you figure out what's the alignment, what are the systems, how can I be more efficient, where do I need to be more precise, right? And then what do I need to outsource because this just isn't my strength, so it becomes a waste of my time. And I think yeah. that is also um, as an athlete playing your sport and an athlete entrepreneur at the same time. Uh, most definitely. So with, um, you know, because you've started multiple things, I, I, I'm sure you're a big proponent of multiple streams of income. Talk about why it's important, you know, for an athlete, you know, because you can't play forever. Yeah, um, I it's important because one, I have this thing called a do you number. Um, and so discovering your do you number is essentially how much does it cost to do you? And this is one of the main things that I teach to um, when I'm teaching my money mindfulness um, to youth and young adults is write down. Right. And right now the number may be small and that's totally fine. But I want you to write it for for present and future how much does it cost for me to do me right if we're talking about rent mortgage car cell phone all of those things all the essentials um and then you want to what's the life you want to live right you want to travel you want to have all the designer stuff you want to do all these other different things right so you have a couple different columns and in that if i look at my do you number and i look at my income so i take my income minus my do you number that's either going to give me equity right and we hope it's equity right because no. if i have equity then that allows me to um, increase or save more. If uh -huh. I don't have equity and I'm not, I'm lacking in value. Well, then that means I need to go get a couple more sources of, of income in order to make sure my income is matching my do you number, either matching or beating my do you number. So um, it's extremely important from the sense of not, I don't want to say not having all your eggs in one basket because some people can do really well with one job. I yeah. think the multiple sources of income depends on what do you want your life to look like? What do you want your generational impact to look like? What do you want your generational freedom to look like? So 
if you want to impact at large and you want to spend, um, you want to make sure you have real estate to pass on or whatever the case may be is, then get into that. But you don't have to get into real estate from buying it. You can get into real estate from creating a contracting business, an appraisal business, an inspection business. So that's what I love about real estate specifically is it's not just buying a house, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can manage properties and that be your business. And you can do that alongside everything else. You can be a task lead and do and create a business within task leads that allows you to hire your friends. And so there's multiple different, you know, ways and reasons why I think it's it's necessary because it increases your freedom. Um, but I'm not a fan of burnout. So I think do what you can do to your capacity. If your capacity doesn't allow you to do multiple things and have multiple streams um, right while you're still being a student, then hold off, right? Again, we're looking for efficiency, but we're not looking to burn out. Um, and if it wasn't for my multiple streams of income, I wouldn't be able to sit here talking to you, you know, about this because I would be at work right now, probably in a meeting, right? Wishing mm -hmm. that I was here talking to somebody like you about my passion when it comes to um, money mindfulness. Oh, I love that. And I'm definitely going to implement that. Do you uh, method. I think the way you broke it down is really amazing for athletes and just individuals that everyone has to deal with money in some way, shape or form uh, yeah. to understand like, all right, yeah, you're making this money and you have your expenses, but what is your do you number? I think that's really important. When it comes to Taskly, how did it come about? Because at the moment you had, you know, you had your higher education work, you had your real estate, you had you-ish, um, but Taskly is an opportunity for student athletes and others, you know, to build and build their own financial portfolio. So how, what was the inclination to starting? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've always wanted to have a, um, a product, but I'm like, I don't, I don't sell, I don't make candles. I don't make bat bombs. I don't make gear. Like, yeah. so I was like, how in you wish I hadn't seen the vision of how you wish can, how other people can come on um, and really be able to gain economic empowerment through it. And so I knew Uish wasn't the vehicle, but I wanted to always give back to athletes. Um, I played at the community college level, then I played at a D2 NAIA. And so I represent small ball. Um, and then I coached at the um, G JUCO level. And so I see student athletes who have to quit because they're just, they, they're not making enough money. I see student athletes who have to send their financial aid money back home to other countries um, or even just back home down the street. I saw the, I think the very uh, most marginalized and forgot about student athletes are at some of the smaller JUCO levels. And I saw that and I'm like, that shouldn't be. I don't want that to be what it is for you. And I just didn't know how I could help. How can I put more money in your pocket outside oh. of the 65% you know, scholarship that ain't nothing when the when the um, overall tuition is like two thousand bucks, right? Then you get your financial aid, but it still doesn't do anything for your life. And so, um, it wasn't until I was moving into this house, and I was like, I needed help. And so I used Thumbtack, and um, I had some people come over and cut my grass. I'm like, man, these look like look like they could be college students. Yeah. And then I was like, yo. Why don't I just create, because I didn't want to go and create a, ga a grass cutting business and a cleaning business. And yeah. I was trying to figure out how do I get help in everything that I do? And I knew I wasn't the only one um, who needed assistance. And so um, I was like, that'd be so dope if I just hired college athletes to help people like you and I, new entrepreneurs who one, have a low overhead. I may not need help all the time. I can't afford to bring you on my books 
But college athletes, they have so many gifts and talents and skills that making $7 an hour, that ain't cutting it. There's also not enough work study jobs. Um, and then if it's in the gym or athletic area, there's more athletes than there are jobs. So that doesn't help. And then the other part was, yeah, sure, there's like financial aid, but it doesn't do anything. They're humans. They are adults with adult responsibilities who are actively on computers. So when it comes to knowledge and skills of how to operate Google Sheets and Excel and all the administration stuff, I'm going to trust a, a college athlete who is having to um, do basically admin work every day versus yeah. somebody who's been out of the workforce for 10 plus years and just barely knows how to use a computer because that's more time consuming where athletes have this understanding and their brains are at, you know, a really good space. And so I just believe in, in athletes. I believe that they need to, um, that they deserve more, um, more opportunities. And so it was like, I should create something At first it was called athlete hire. Um, and then that name, it was kind of like a trademark issue with something. And so, um, I kind of have a way with words and was like, what about task and athlete? task leads where athletes compete to complete your task. So um, that's where it, where it came from is I wanted to be able to help college athletes. Um, I believe that they des they're deserving of more. I believe that you can create um, economic stability at that young age of, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old, and you can still play your sport and you can still, you know, thrive in academics um, and you can still live your life without having to burn out. And that is the mission of task leads. Oh, that's what it's that's what it's all about. And talk, can you talk about like, you know, you mentioned like how athletes easily are able to translate their skills to, you know, the corporate space. I think it's really important for athletes to understand that. So in your line of work, you know, obviously in higher ed, in mentorship, in coaching, uh, but and now with Taskly, um, talk about some of the, like the positive case studies that you have seen of athletes translating them their skills from on the court to off the court. The number one is communication. That is the number one thing. And um, and this is where I'll kind of go into like a capital thought process. Um, communication and time capital, structure capital. We get it. Um, we, because we've been trained in it. I had a, I'm coaching a youth team right now. And I told them the other, this past weekend, I said, you guys have 10 plus years of experience of being developed as being leaders on anybody who is not an athlete. Right. Because you're getting somebody who is pouring into you when it comes to understanding, you know, leadership, communication, time management when it comes to handling, you know, multiple tasks. And so I think the number one is, like I said, communication of I teach early and often. So my same skill, if I need to call out a screen, I'm going to call it early and I'm going to make sure I call it often. And then now when I got into the workplace, if there was a situation with my supervisor, that same habit came out oh, early and often. And then my supervisors are thanking me for making their life and their job a little bit easier for being a great communicator. And I'm just like, hey, I was trained. If you don't communicate, bad things happen. You yeah. run into a screen or your teammate runs into a screen if you don't communicate. Right. Yeah. You know, showing up on time and early for meetings. That's been something we've all been trained at, you know, as athletes. And so keeping that. But I've also seen this be something that is caused some trauma for some athletes um, that I would love to speak to coaches about right in the future of what kind of consequences are we putting on athletes at the same time? Because we have to unlearn a lot of these things like the anxiety that can go off for us if, you know, we wake up late. <gasps> 
right? Like, and then yeah. you, you have to retrain your nervous system. It's okay. Like, I'm not going to have to run sprints. My All my coworkers aren't going to have to run sprints. Like, <laughs> so there's a psychological aspect, you know, to that as well. Um, the other one I would say is a hunger to get better. That is something that, again, we've cultivated way earlier than a lot of other people because we saw that the fruits of our hard work labor pays off. You work hard, you get better at your skill, you get more playing time. Mm-hmm. Same thing kind of in the office, it, depending on what kind of, uh, whether you're working in like higher ed or nonprofit, you may not get more money, you'll just get more responsibilities. But <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is something, you know, that I definitely learned. Like I'm an executor and I executed hard and I just saw more responsibilities and not more pay. Thank God for my exercise of income that told me if I can execute this hard for somebody else, let me go execute this hard for me and see a massive um, expansion right in that. And so those would be the top three things that I would say, you know, as athletes, we always talk about transferable skills, but how do I, like, what does that look like? And I think that's why getting extra coaching um, is necessary because sometimes it's hard to see how that applies outside of the court or the field or the, the swimming pool. No, I love that. That's what it's all about. I hope, you know, anyone that's tuning in understand that there are, you are valuable as an athlete outside of the, just the sports you play. And I think it's really important. You know, you talked about we can provide solutions and it's, it, it may not be easy, but we have to be efficient about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to stay on the topic of business because, you know, you're excellent at it. You have multiple. Uh, we talked about real estate earlier, and there's so many different ways to get into real estate. You talked about contracting, you talk about property management. You're obviously, you know, you have six doors. Uh, so you own six properties, whether it's short term, long term, super host. Talk about that, you know, as a, as a, as a vehicle for alternative investments. Um, if you can get in, get in. Here's a plan that I'll give you that if I had a, there's two different different thought processes that I had. Let's say that I am 20, uh, 20 years old and I wanna retire kind of by like maybe 25, 27. Right when I graduate from high school or college, I'm going to get a job. I'm seeing it as a paid internship for me to learn everything that I wanna learn. I'm buying a property that first year. All you need is a letter that says, hey, you got a job right? And your job pays you this much money. And that property doesn't even have to be where you live. You don't even have to see it. So I have a property that I've never seen before. And I thought about going to drive it out and see it, but I'm like, well, where am I going to stay? There's people living there. So you don't have to like actually see your properties. There's the country, the world is so big that you can take, let's say you're only making 50,000. Cool. Well, let's figure out how much capital do you have to be able to put down. So here's my thought is you become a task lead from 18 to 22. You're saving all that money that you make from being a task lead. So when you graduate from college, you get that salary job. All this money you now use as a down payment for your investment property. Now, for the next five years, you buy two investment properties every two and plus more every year. Right. And then so this is where I'm like, there's so many ways, but we just haven't been able to. Um, nobody's talking to us about it. One, it's either really high level and you're like, what do you mean refinance? How do I make this happen? And I'm living proof. I feel like from a legit, no abnormal circumstances, um, I didn't come from a lot of money, but I just literally figured out how do you make this happen? And I stayed consistent. So if anybody listen to this and you want um, help on executing, let me know. Um, so for me, like I said, one property, I bought it sight unseen. Um, and sometimes I literally forget I have it until I get that deposit. So Mm -hmm. 
that's the dope part, right? Like you want to look for things that are going to cash flow. Or if you have some friends, now you and all your friends go get jobs the first year that you graduate. Cool. Let's buy a couple properties together. Let's buy some duplexes. And this is where your social capital comes into play, right? Who else do I know is going to has the same thought process as me? And this goes back to the transferable skill. How good of a teammate am I? Because if I'm a good teammate, those same skills are going to cross over to me being a good business partner because I'm going to understand how to be able to work with others and know that I just want a percentage of the win. And yeah. a percentage of a win is better than no win at all, right? right. Um, and I think that that's another piece is you're literally in a space, whether they're on your team or not, you've got people around you who want to succeed post-college, Right. So start having those conversations, start growing your social capital so that way you can um, have these relationships post um, college. One of my one of my business partners, we met in college. I was in his wedding. And then right when I was getting task lead started, I was like, oh, 100 percent makes he understands it. And then he happens to be a business lawyer. Cool. But we stayed connected. Right. And we got connected in college and stayed connected after. So, you know, as far as real estate, there are. You know, you could start an appraisal business. You can be an appraiser. You could um, do, um, oh gosh, I just forgot the name of it. It's the- a, notary, a notary. Yeah, you can do be a notary. You've got contracting, you've got inspections, um, you've got property management, you've got just the hospitality side. Um, you've got being a co-host with somebody on Airbnb or VRBO. So it's really limitless. It's limited to your capacity and your imagination, period. What's your capacity? What can you handle even while being in college? And that's why we're trying to make, um, we're making lanes for people to get started in college through task leads. And then once you get out, okay, how do I want to um, serve others? Because that's really what it's about. Housing is serving people. Like people need a place to live. How do I want to serve people through real estate? And there's nothing wrong with making any money. So serve and make some money and repeat the cycle. Uh, that's what it's all about. And then it's just starting a business in general. You know, you know, a lot of athletes are looking to start a business. Uh, mm-hmm. What like uh, what's the playbook or like things that you would recommend? Like right away, this is what you need to you know be successful or at least start off on the right foot. Um, know when your do you number. If you don't have your personal finances right, it, it doesn't matter what your business finances are because it's going to trickle into that. Habits are habits. So um, understanding your money story is another thing that i talk about like do i need to heal my relationship with money do i need to heal my relationship with maybe spending and failure and all that stuff do i track my own spending how self-aware am i with that because you're going to make similar decisions when it comes to your uh, business finances um again going back to systems and organization how do i systematize my personal finances because if you're starting off as an entrepreneur you're probably going to do your business stuff the exact same until you get somebody else Um, If you know what to look for when somebody else is, there's so much, it makes me sick, uh, the amount of people who steal money from people through taxes, tax evasion, all the types of stuff. Um, Steve Harvey, I think it was like 60 million. I just read the other day. I can't remember who the... um, the specific person was, but their accountant stole like 27 million. Like it just blows my mind. 
And it's not their fault, I don't think, because if they weren't taught and you're just trusting somebody else. So, you know, you have to know what to look for. You have to know how certain things work. How does a bank account work? How does a checking account work? How do owner um, draws work? How does, you know, interest on account work? So starting with yourself, because you are the brand, you are the entity, and then you replicate that. It's just at a bigger scale, you know, with more zeros, whether... Um, you're monetizing yourself or you're monetizing a different skill that you have. So I think it first starts with understanding your um, having self-awareness around your money. Uh, the next thing I would say is how do you want to leverage credit? Again, that goes back to you. Um, what do you want? Is it do you understand the importance of leveraging your credit score and building it to leverage, not building it just to say, look at this big number that I have, but building it to leverage to get the other things that you need. So that way you can get more properties and other people can pay them off for you. And that's less money, you know, coming out of your pocket. You're going to have to yeah. furnish your properties. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, for that as well, are you going to use what's your system? So having a conviction, around your philosophy when it comes to business and then being willing to have that conviction um altered if somebody brings you a dope idea and it doesn't fit sit with it and say be able to stand and saying yes this makes sense you know no this doesn't so obviously it comes down to money um and then thinking about what's your mission your vision and your purpose for your life and for your um for your business and again i think that there should be alignment between the two, especially if you're going to be the CEO of these ventures, right? Like at the end of the day, it's really you leading it. So you don't want there to be a, a misalignment between who you are and what you want your business to be. Yeah, that's, that's very sound advice. And I definitely think um, there's a lot of crossover between personal and business and a lot of people get it convoluted, you know, if, if not taken care of the right way. Um, what, what advice would you have for any athlete that's starting today? You know, student athlete, you know, freshman, um, Oh, so we're going to go with three different stages, student athlete, freshman, and then you have a young rookie athlete, and then you have a veteran athlete. Um, freshman, you're 18 years old. Obviously, the first thing I'm going to say is sign up to be a task athlete. Yeah. Um, the second thing I'm going to say is find out what you enjoy. Get curious. Make a commitment to yourself to be curious on all things. If a class sounds cool, take the class. If, if you can talk to that professor, go talk. Um, get connected with other people. If you feel like you have other interests outside of your sport, explore them. Um, and then allow your body to tell you, I like this, I don't like this. Because there's alignment in your assignment and that feeling you get is connected to your purpose, right? Figure out how do I wanna serve the world? How do I, do I wanna leverage my sport to do it? Um, or what skills can I take from my sport in order to leverage in a whole nother avenue. Um, so my biggest thing is tell an 18 year old, stay curious, um, look at what the gifts and talents that you have. So talk to the people around you. What do you see that I'm good at that like, like, or listen, wow, people always tell me um this, right? I have a knack for this and then follow that, right? Yeah. So that's the first thing I would tell an 18 year old because that can turn into a, um, I call it turning profit on your token. So if I think, you know, tokens and talents are things that I've been given, all that I do is turn profit on who I am. I turn profit on the gifts that I've been given. I get paid for my energy, right? Like that's yeah. one piece of me. But I also get paid for training kids, for coaching, and for playing. That's just one thing. I was a professional athlete, then I became a coach and a trainer, and people paid me for all of those things, right? So huh. that's just one talent. Then the next is speaking. 
that's legit. And then teaching and then now business and hospitality. So, and it's all the same, the same way I'm recruiting for athletes is similar to the hospitality I have when I'm treating my Airbnb guests, right? It's the same way that I would be treating a student. So start to find the connection between all the gifts that you have. Um, to a rookie, I would say um, address the fears because Ooh. now you've kind of cultivated some different thoughts and beliefs and address whatever fears you have that may be preventing you from taking the next step. Um, and then while you're doing that, figure out what does the next step look like and who do I need to take with me? It doesn't mm -hmm. mean that they need to be business partners or part owners, but I need accountability. If this is really a dream that you want to, you know, get off the ground, you're going to need accountability and some assistance, right? Find the people who are going to also encourage you because entrepreneurship sometimes can be boring and it can be hard. I would say it's an 80-20 right? Maybe even 90, 10, depending on the day and the week, depending on how many people you have helping you. Um, but figure out, you know, who's in your village that's going to help you on the process, address the fears, and then unlearn everything you need to unlearn and relearn everything you need to learn. Um, so spend time still keeping that um, learner's mindset and unlearning things that maybe you got from your family, that you got from being at whatever school you were at or from your coach that doesn't sit right with you in your personal convictions and how you want to move through life. Um, for the vet, forgive yourself. Because clearly, if you're thinking about wanting to do something and you're a vet and you haven't yet, you could now even be entering a shame cycle. So the first thing I need you to do is forgive yourself and just and heal that relationship and now say, okay, if I've got another 20 years here on earth, what do I want that to look like? What do I want to leverage in order for that to look like? And then what can I glean from the last 20 to 30 years of life that I now want to create a story around in order to create more impact? But I think it starts with, you know, forgiveness because we can get into the comparison game. And I think yeah. that's not just a kid thing. That's a human thing. So if I haven't taken action, it's probably because I'm caught into analysis paralysis. And that oftentimes is because I'm comparing myself to somebody else who already has. So swallow your pride, address your ego, forgive yourself, heal the relationship, and then figure out who do I need to take action with to help me stay accountable on this next level of the dream that I have. Oh, that's amazing. What a, what a great way to close the, the podcast. Uh, Coach Reese, for people that want to connect with you, obviously we're going to have all your information in the description, but I think it was amazing to hear from you, someone that's done it, that's lived it, and is now continuing to help others. If people want to connect with you, how can they do so? Yeah, best days to stay up with me, Instagram, um, TikTok, send me a DM, um, you wish coaching, um, or Coach Reese one on IG. I respond to DMs as fast as I can. Um, if you're looking for mentorship, awesome. Um, I'd also say, what do you have to add as far as value, right? Like, because there should be an, an exchange, I think, when it comes to mentorship and all that types of stuff. So if you want to add value to the programming I got going on and I'll add value to you in your life, Let's make something happen. Um, but I'm on Twitter a little bit, not as much as I think I should be, but I can only handle so much. So you can send me an email, you can send me a DM and I'll respond and, and I love to grow and I love to communicate. So if you need a 10 minute energy giving conversation, um, find that link in my bio and um, we can get rocking. Most definitely. Thank you so much, Coach Reese. There you have it, folks. Uh, what an amazing uh, time to share and learn from Coach Reese. Always 
as you can tell, always with the energy, always with the inspiration, always with the, you know, valuable insight. So make sure you guys check out the links in the bio uh, that we're going to have and we'll tune in next time. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode. For more information, check out the show notes and go to our website, www.afrugalathlete.com. If you enjoyed, please leave a favorable rating and review and share and subscribe. Thank you so much.